when we're in a room together already, it's it gets weird with. Leave that the fuck right now. I think the moon landing so you wouldn't get murdered. That right there with the Illuminami. Strange noises, and that would be cocaine. I could be an alien. You ready, motherfuckers? Yes. yes. So, how do you feel like spam email has changed for you? As an adult, do you feel like spam email has changed? E- if you maybe if you even pay attention to that, uh, it's a hassle. How has it changed? I get more of it. Yeah, I mean, as an adult than I okay. did before. That's fair. So I mean, yeah, I feel like I get a shit ton of spam email. Mm-hmm. That I mean, I I haven't even checked my spam folder because it's constantly overflowing. But Damn. I feel like still a lot of the spam emails that make it through into my inbox, I still get to check out every once in a while. And it's actually almost kind of fun now. Before, it used to bother the shit out of me, but now it's kind of fun just to kind of poke around and see what's going on. <laughs> well, I've made but, a, I mean, I feel like it, I've made a rule on mine. Like, I've, I've tried to keep a good habit. Is after a month, if I've not opened anything from that company, because I get emails often from certain groups, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, again, they send shit all right. the time. But... If I don't I open that. anything in the first month, like open anything and read it and see what's going on, and I just delete it, after that month's over, then I go down and I unsubscribe from that company, and that way I stop getting That's emails fair. from them. So I'm trying to make it a, a habit. Smart thing to do. I'm not consistent with it right now. It's still, I'm trying to form it. But that's kind of been my focus on it right now since I do a lot of communication through email now. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, for me, I usually just uh, just let my my smart features and my email box start slowly fi- filtering things to my spam now. But uh, I just think it's funny that how it's kind of evolved for me because I feel like when I was a teenager, I used to get a lot of like sex and porn like <laughs> spam emails. I mean, I have no idea why I would have been getting those as a teenager. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it's like uh, a Parks and Rec. I don't. He's <laughs> like, Daddy, <laughs> someone's <laughs> if you come home and someone's been watching or ordering a lot of porn off HBO, like a lot of porn, like, how could anybody watch this most porn in one day? <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. Something's broken with the TV provider. Can I have $20 for pizza? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's so, yeah, it's pretty much like that. It's like, oh, my God, how much porn spam can I possibly get? <laughs> and then I feel like as I got a little older. Like, it started changing to, like, singles spam. And, like, oh, hot singles. And, oh, you could find sexy people on this dating site. Uh, And I just think it's funny because I feel like uh, they missed a step for me when, like, trying to target me for spam emails. (laughs) Because it went from, like, oh, singles dating websites to, like, lately I've been getting a lot of geriatric (laughs) emails. Oh, no. They think you're old? (laughs) Yeah. They're like... Oh, here's this lung replacement, and oh, get your your mobile oxygen machine. <laughs> here's this no trip. Here's an ad for a discount on this no tripping tub that fills up in a door. Like, you're yeah. So your so, computer thinks you're a 75 year old smoker. Yeah. So I'm an old person now. It's fun. It's official, because my spam email told me so. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you for listening to Scapegoats. hey oh, Yeah, party time. Hopefully you're staying warm in this sweet, sweet November air. So I don't uh, know about are you. Are you ready for Thanksgiving? It's really warm here. I hope it's warm there, too. 
<laughs> the joke never gets old, Regis. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I think we got to like 77 today. That's beautiful. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah, I think our I think our high was like 45 today, oh. so that was fun. It's I mean, it's at least warm enough. I I can I can still take my kids to play outside with jackets on, so I I can't complain too much. It's fine. Well, good for you. They're at least not destroying my house quite yet. Well, I mean, I guess more than they normally would, at least. <laughs> right. But um, but yeah, no, it's it's nice. I uh, I feel like I'm starting to embrace early Christmas. Really. My wife always my wife always thinks I'm a Scrooge because I I am typically a person. I'm like, no, I cannot hear a single Christmas song, put up a single Christmas decoration until I'm done Black Friday shopping. Like that's. I have I've had to eat my meal, go do some shopping, and then I'm in Christmas spirit mode after that. So you've now skipped but that. Uh, you're feeling you're feeling the vibes. Well, I feel like uh, my wife's my wife's always pushing. She always enjoys doing Christmas a little early, and so the part of me is just like, okay, why not just make her happy? I really don't care. And then also another part of me was like, mm, I love food, but to be honest. Like, uh, there's nothing about Thanksgiving that really excites me. And if we weren't supposed to be listening to Christmas music, then they would have made Thanksgiving music. So, yeah, that's a I'm just slowly joining on to that because mostly because I think it'll make my wife happy, which I mean, that's pretty much the number one rule in my book about anything is if it it makes a wife happy. All right, let's do it. Uh, Yep. (laughs) So that's good practice. Yeah. Uh, so I've been, yeah, I've been trying to be a little more, okay, I've listened to some Christmas music. Still no Christmas decorations. Okay. But I'm probably, she's she wants them up soon, so I'm willing to negotiate a pre-Thanksgiving Christmas decoration day. So uh, Good for you. We'll just have to see how it goes. We'll just have to see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, well, uh, fucking this episode, man. Is another episode today. It's not as fucked up and creepy as the last episodes. Okay. But I, I, I think it's funny because we're talking about Christmas and fuck Thanksgiving because who needs it? <laughs> but I'm still holding on to Halloween. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> so I'm a whole. You're not letting like go at all. Mix. I'm just like a bag full of crazy cats that are just fighting each other mm-hmm. in different directions. And uh, but yeah, so this is definitely another episode that if we didn't do a cryptid month, this would have been a Halloween episode. Okay. So yeah, I'm ready. I hope you enjoy it. If you don't, who fucking cares, right? Then skip this Um, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Hell yeah. Uh, But have you heard of the video game Silent Hill? Uh, yeah, I have. I don't know why. Isn't it super creepy as hell? Yeah. So it's like a survival horror video game. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was originally released on the PlayStation, and it was it's published by Konami, uh, which I believe is a Japanese company. Yeah, Kona- Konami Computer Entertainment in Tokyo. Boom, boom. Is there zombies and there stuff? Uh, so it's not quite zombies. It's the main idea is about you're this character, and he's looking for his adopted daughter in this fictional town known as Silent Hill, and there's these monsters in this town are like, they're kind of like this, like this town is covered in a very thick smoky fog and ash. Mm -hmm. And these, these monsters will come in waves out of nowhere. And they're, 
and they're not like zombies, but they're not like mutants. They're just their like own kind of breed of gross-looking monsters. Um, and you are looking for your adopted daughter, and you end up finding this cult that is they're doing like weird rituals to try and bring back this deity that they worship. And then that's how you kind of find out because of this cult is why this town is all fucked up and stuff. Mm. Uh, and th- and that's that also is kind of what they turned into the movie. The movie's a little different for sure, but it has some very uh, specific staples of the game, at least. A lot of games turned movies oh. hold nothing to the storyline, but it, that's at least kind of similar. So the game was first, then the movie came? Correct. Okay. Yeah, and so, but yeah, the whole idea is it's this very dark horror game that has a lot of psychological horror as well. So some of it isn't all, like, jump up in your face like a horror movie would be. Uh, Some of it is meant to just, like, just give you chills Uh and have just a creepy atmosphere. Yeah, and so there's been several adaptations of the game. Uh, I think they've made four different games. And then they've made a, a like a graphic novel, and then of course two different movies. The first one was actually pretty decent. The second one was just pure garbage. That's all I have to say. Oh pure no, pure garbage. <laughs> yeah, and that's coming from me. And I've seen a lot of movies, so I know garbage. <laughs> no. And I usually like some garbage, but pure garbage, I will not. <laughs> I will not put up with it. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. Good to know. <laughs> yeah, so Silent Hill, it's good shit. Good shit. It's uh, it's actually rated uh, as being one of the greatest games in history. Oh, really? Uh, and it made and it and it's on in the history? list. Oh shit! What's the name of the Silent yeah. Game was and the greatest game of history of all the games in the one, entire world? No, one of the greatest games. One of them in history. Not I the say, nowadays. Game. I just saw a commercial for hit. Call of Duty, and I was like, damn, that looks real. That uh, game's got to be better be than Silent crazy. Hill. And I mean, I'm not a very, I don't even, I, we probably shouldn't even get started into this, but I'm not a fan of the Call of Duty games. I should probably just throw that out there now. Oh, I'm not either. I'm just so, saying when I watched the commercial but, uh, for it, it just looked very real. That was my only thing. Oh, However, for sure. M- what I would put on there as the greatest game, this is a game, this is probably like the nerd coming out. I would play Lord of the Rings okay. on PlayStation 2. Ooh, yeah, uh, that, was a, that was a good game. Oh, an entire weekend. And I don't yeah, play man. video games. I know <laughs> some people have just heard me say <laughs> an entire weekend, oh, good for you. <laughs> and they're like, well, that's what I fucking do every weekend. But, uh. <laughs> for me, to be inside for an entire weekend made zero sense because I wanted to be outside like running and throwing things. But so th- That's fair. That was you sounded like a nerd. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, no, I was one of the kids that I just played video games all the time, and Silent Hill was one that I'm not very good with scary games, but I did enjoy Silent Hill, the original, on PlayStation. Oh, so you played it when it but, came uh, out? Yeah, I, I have played it before, uh, and I, I'm, I, I wasn't ever a big groupie. I didn't collect all of the games and everything, but it is good. It is good. Okay. But... uh yeah, so good times. All right. So now that pushed aside, let's get into it. All right, I'm ready. So, D, 
deal. So many of the Native American tribes in what is in what, what is now Columbia County. The hell did you just do? Sold. What did I just do? Yeah, you just went from video games to Native American tribes. Yeah, you don't see how they're connected. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with? Thanks, you? man. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so they were selling their la- their land in what is now Columbia County, and they sold their land to colonial agents in 1749 for the sum of 500 pounds. That's, That's awesome. It. Right? Killing it. What a deal. Poor American Indians. Uh, <laughs> yeah. During the in, And in 1770, during the construction of the Reading Road, I guess, unfortunately, the street name Reading Rainbow was already taken. Reading. And unfor- yeah. And unfortunately so was Rainbow Road. I mean Mario was there back then, so yeah. that was taken too. So they didn't have a lot of choices, so they had to go with Reading Road. <laughs> Pretty lame. But anyways, the road stretched from Reading to Fort Augusta. And settlers surveyed and explored the land and they ended up finding a large portion of the Reading Road uh was uh, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil too much, but it was a good area. So they started building around there more. Uh, so much so that uh, Reading Road was later developed as Route 61, which ended up becoming the main highway east into and south out of the town that they created. And in 1793, Robert Morris, uh, an alleged hero of the Revolutionary War, uh, and also a signatory of the Declaration of Independence. He acquired a third of the town's valley land, uh, but when he declared bankruptcy in 1798, the land was then surrendered to the Bank of the United States. The States, the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Bank of the United States. And so that was then able to be purchased by a French sea captain named Stephen Gerard. He purchased the land for $30,000. Dang, what a steal. And that... Right, man, fuck it. I mean, and I don't have the the ratio of like how much money that is in nowadays money, but still, thirty thousand dollars for that much land, <laughs> so good. So, and this also included sixty eight tracts of east of Morris, uh, and he had also learned that there was anthracite coal in that region. What state is all this? So, in? boom. This is in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Sorry, I forgot. I said Columbia County, but I didn't say Columbia County, Pennsylvania. Right. I was really confused. Yeah. But good. That's the way I like to keep you. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, I mean, fucking. So we already talked about thirty thousand for this land is great, and then you find out that there's a whole bunch of coal in your land too. Ching. So oh, yeah. they he starts fucking capitalizing on that. And so by eighteen thirty two. Uh, the town was starting to spread even bigger, and uh, one of the residents, known as Jonathan Faust, opened the Bull's Head Tavern in what was called Roaring Creek Township, and this ended up giving the town its actual first name, which was Bull's Head. Bull's Head. Bull's Head, Pennsylvania? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, and I just love their idea of, like, naming a town. The town hasn't really had a name it's been around for almost 100 years now. And they're like, hey, there's a bar here that's pretty impressive. Let's name the town after the bar. Because <laughs> this is great. So we're all going to Bull's Head. 
tavern in Bullshead down where we live. Because <laughs> we're Bullshead people now. Right. <laughs> so in 1842, uh, the land was bought by the Locust Mountain Coal and Iron Company. And that's when Alexander Ray, a mining engineer, moved his family a- in and began planning a village and actual lay- and actually started constructing laid-out streets and lots for developments and homes. And so then Ray named the town Centerville for some reason. <laughs> uh, I, I, I looked up to see if this was like the center of Pennsylvania or even the center of the county. It wasn't, but I mean... Centerville has a good ring to it, I guess. I personally think they should have stuck with Bull's Head, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But, and so in 1865, they ended up changing the name to Centralia. Jesus. Because the, yeah, because the U.S. Post Office already had a Centerville in Shuikil County. So, there you go. Once Centralia was officially its name, then they started the Mine Run Railroad which was built in 1854 to transport coal out of the valley. All righty. So, yeah, it it fucking had a lot of names for a little bit, and it also spent almost 100 years with no name. So what is it called now? Centralia. That's it right now? To this day. That's the name that it has. To this day. All right. Exciting, right? I guess so. I mean, I think it's better than Centerville, but still. I just feel like it's a misleading name. It's not at the center of anything, so why? It's in the middle <laughs> of nothing, then? It's in the middle of fucking nothing. All right. I don't know. I'm just getting mad about centers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's a personal problem. <laughs> Wait, so what's special about Centralia? Why are they Why are they brought up? So, because Centralia is was one of the biggest sites of anthracite coal that they had found in the state of Pennsylvania. Really? At at this time. Yeah, and so the first two mines in Centralia opened in 1856. The Locust Run Mine and the Coleridge Mine. And afterwards came the Hazeldale Colliery Mine in 1860. Uh, and then so the Centralia Mine also opened in 1862. And then the Continental Mine in 1863. So, this place is fucking blown up out of nowhere in less than 10 years with just all the fucking mining that's happening. But w- what what concerns me is that you're telling me that it's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> There's no cities next to it. But at the time, okay. it was the biggest in the game. I mean, I don't I don't really catch your drift on why this is a problem. Uh, but uh Yeah, you know. see that's where I'm yeah. wondering what the fuck, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> okay i mean it, to be fair it's never really a good sign when you end up becoming a coal town anyways at least in history <laughs> speaking i guess but uh yeah back then they didn't know yet so okay yeah but oh, so the continental shit. is this that place what? that i think i know where you're going with this i don't think you know anything no <laughs> dang it okay i mean it's very possible i don't i mean you didn't give me a lot of information to work <laughs> off of by saying, that's oh, is this that place that I think I know about? <laughs> that's why I didn't want to say too much, because I didn't want to jump further than what you've got ready for us. Does that make okay. sense? I mean, if you want, you can guess, but I, I will keep going if you want to stay in the dark. It's up to you. Is this the place? Let's just keep going. 
<laughs> okay, that's fair. You don't want to spoil the surprise, but you also don't want to guess and be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's a combination of those. Okay. Thanks for understanding. Hey, hey I totally get it. <laughs> but yeah, so the Continental Mine was located in Stephen Gerard's former estate, and then branching from the Lehigh Valley Railroad was the Lehigh and Mahoney Railroad, constructed in Centralia in 1865. And this ended up becoming enabling it them to transport and actually give real expansion to Centralia's coal sales to markets in eastern Pennsylvania. Okay. So by 1865, it's fucking booming now. They've got all these mines. They actually have a way to get the coal in and out of the, the city to sell it. So mm-hmm. money's going to start pumping in. Did something happen to this place? <sighs> yes. I mean, something happens at every place that we Did talk uh, about. But... <laughs> Did is that have to do I with mean, fire? Oh snap! Yeah. Okay. This place gets raped by fire demons. You guessed it. <laughs> How do you do it so good, man? You're so specific too. <laughs> it's impressive. Oh shit! Uh, good job. You guessed it though. You did. It. I there's a fire here. Do I know what's going talking. on in this place? I think so. I think you know. I think you know what's going on. Okay. Okay. Carry on. Yeah. So, Centralia was incorporated as a borough in 1866, and its principal employer was the anthracite coal industry. Okay. And so, Alexander Ray, the town's founder, was traveling back and forth. You know, he's very important. He's got a lot of money now because of all this mining. And he had ended up getting murdered in his buggy by members of the Molly Maguires. Wow. On October 17th, 1868. He wasn't liked by yeah. some people then. Yeah, it wasn't very fun, I guess. I mean, what's wrong with this super rich guy? <laughs> I mean, don't we all love rich people? Uh, I thought that's the American dream, right? Well, that's a <laughs> you got a gray area of there. Mm. A love-hate relationship. Damn those rich people. I love them and hate them so much. Exactly. I just want to murder them. Well, you want to be kidding. friends with them. But yeah, right. You Come want on, the them to pay for all of government funding activities. All your sweet stuff. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah, I feel you. Great spot. Great spot. <laughs> but yeah, so he was murdered during a trip between Centralia and Mount Carmel. Uh, three men were eventually convicted of his death, and they were hanged in the county seat of Bloomsburg. Uh, and that happened on March 25th, 1878. So about six months later. I just think it's f- one of the funny things about this is was that this is the f- one of the first times that Centralia actually made national news was about the the murder of their town founder and the hanging of these three men. That uh, seems like a big deal. But, yeah, but <laughs> none of this information was in the local news, and they don't talk about it at all. I uh, I'm wondering if maybe they just weren't very excited about it. Yeah. Maybe it's not that. Our big greatest of a deal. town founder murdered, and we just hung a whole bunch of people. Yeah, maybe they were like, "Oh, uh, we found a tree today that looks extra woody, <laughs> and it's it's. I think I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it's made out of wood because it's a tree. It looks extra it's our woody for today. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. 
But yeah, so I, I want to talk about the Molly Maguires for a minute. Okay. Those were the people who uh, had, had murdered the f- town founder. Uh, they were an Irish 19th century secret society that was active in Ireland uh, and Liverpool and parts of the eastern United States. Uh, they were best known for their activism among Irish Americans and Irish immigrant coal miners in Pennsylvania, and they were trying to help keep their people from being oppressed. Hmm. So, I mean, that's one thing that's very popular. You'll see in history, especially in the 19th century with all of these big industries popping up, is they were just really taking advantage of their employees, especially immigrants. Hmm. I mean, luckily, we don't take advantage of immigrants anymore here in America. We're, whew, we finally moved beyond that. <laughs> we're so much better. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, but yeah, so you think, oh, cool, great, they're activists. But unfortunately, they were a little more aggressive and militant, and so their approach to things got them in a lot of legal trouble. What kind of legal so, trouble? I mean, right, like, come on, wh- whoa, we just killed your town founder and tried to steal all the money that he had on him. I mean, and now you're going to hang us? You're going <laughs> to hang us now for this? Ah. <laughs> Not in my America. God, come on. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, unfortunately, there were several other murders and incidents of arson that also took place during the violence. Uh, and as Centralia especially, it ended up being like a hotbed of Molly Maguire activity during the 1860s as they were trying to organize a mine workers union in order to improve wages and working conditions. Fair. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, they were, so they were clearly evil people. <coughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So Father Daniel Ignatius McDermott, who was the first Roman Catholic priest, uh, and he ended up cursing the land in retaliation for being assaulted by three different members of the Maguires in 1869. What kind of curse? And Yeah, so McDermott said that there would be a day when St. Ignatius Roman Catholic Church would be the only structure remaining in Centralia. Ooh. Wait, what church? Yeah, interesting. The Roman Catholic Church there. That's the only church that would be standing. That's that's the only that's the only building that will be standing. Interesting. Be- that's that's so that's crazy. the curse he placed on the land. That is fucking nuts. But so because I <laughs> I know because I know. Uh oh. I know where this I like I um. You know some things. Yeah, I know a few things. Every now and again, I'm like, whoa, I knew that. Hey, um, surprise, surprise. <laughs> but this this town, I can't remember where I learned about this. Um, I stumbled across something. I was like, whoa, really? And so I watched all those things, and I remember them talking about, there's like, there is a structure left. There's a church mm-hmm. and some other, some other building yeah. in this town uh, that I'm not going to say more about, but that's fair. fucking nuts. Yeah, I'll I'll talk to you about it in a little. In, well, I mean, not in a little bit, but in about an hour from now when we get shortly, there. <laughs> I'll feed you. Uh, but yeah, so that's his curse that he placed on the land. Wow. Yeah, uh, but but many of the Molly Maguire's leaders were hanged in 1877, which ended their crimes in Centralia. But legends say that there's still a few number of descendants of the Molly Maguires that still live in Centralia, at least up until the 1980s. 
What happened to the 1980s? I I mean, who knows, really? Like you know. The 80s were rough. The 80s were rough for everybody. You okay. <laughs> Everybody was coming down from their 70s high. They all had to start getting jobs, and it was awful. Who knows what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so according to numbers of federal census records, the town of Centralia reached its maximum population of 2,761 in 1890. That's it? And at it, yeah, hey, that's that's pretty good for a town that's only about mining coal. But yeah, it's not it's it's definitely stayed a small town. And I mean, you've said like, "Oh, is bad things happening to this town?" Usually it's not good to say the maximum population <laughs> and it being in 1890. But, you know, <laughs> well, okay. I digress. Got it. <laughs> but, yeah, so at its peak, the town had seven churches, five hotels, 27 saloons, two theaters, a bank, a post office, and 14 general and grocery stores. Dang. So for only having for having almost 3,000 people in the town, I feel like they still had a shit ton of stuff for this little town. Yeah. Uh, and by 1927, the production of anthracite coal had reached its peak in Pennsylvania. But production would start to decline in the next few years as many young miners from Centralia enlisted in the military when the U.S. entered World War I. Hmm. So that started to cause a slight decline in the town. I see. Yeah, and so that's what the problem is in this town is everybody had to go to war, and that's it, right? That's, so that's all that happened? That's the only thing. Yeah, that was it. Sad story, right? That's so sad. Damn wars. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, the Wall Street crash of 1929 resulted in the Lehigh Valley Coal Company closing five of its Centralia local mines. And that's when bootleg miners started to become a problem. Damn bootleggers. Yeah, right? I know. Come on. Jeez. Follow the l- rules. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there wasn't any more equipment left to keep drilling in the mines, but the bootleg miners continued mining in several idle mines using techniques such as what was called pillar robbing. I like it. Uh, and so that, <laughs> right? It's It's got a solid name, so <laughs> yeah. I mean, good start. Uh, so this is where they would extract coal that was left from coal pillars left in the mines to help support the roofing of the caves. But, of course, if you start taking away those pillars, this ended up causing many collapses of these mines. Which, on the bright side, it did end up helping in the efforts to seal off some of the abandoned mines because they kind of just ran into collapsed areas. So, I mean, hey. Or safer for everybody. There's a a small win. (laughs) But, yeah, so let's jump ahead a little bit into 1950. Okay. The Centralia Council acquired the rights to all of the anthracite coal that was beneath Centralia through a state law passed in 1949, and that's what enabled this this transaction. Oh. Yeah, and so which means it was no longer owned by the state or federal government. Hmm. That's good for them. It was owned – yeah, it was owned by Centralia and – the people in Centralia. So why wasn't it turned into a country? That's what I want to know. Why didn't you motherfuckers just make your own boundaries in your own country? And then 
Because what I know what happened, we'll jump to that in a little bit. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, bro. But this is this is back in 1950. This is already. This I, I mean, if this was in the 1700s and they had this much money and stuff, okay, go ahead and start your own country. But uh, fucking 1950, we're a little too strong to have little towns and c- cities <laughs> breaking <laughs> off in their own countries. Fair so. enough. All right. That just means war. Yeah, but that same year of 1950, the federal census counted 1,986 residents in Centralia. So that was a pop drop of about 700 peeps. Yeah. And so coal mining continued in Centralia until the 1960s, even though that's when most of the companies shut down. And then the rail service ended in 1966. But But the reason why most of the mines started closing was because, like you stated... A fire started, and it wasn't yes. just a normal fire. This thing was absolutely insane. The whole mine, right? That beast. The whole fucking yeah, mine so is just burning. Yeah, so this fire started in 1962, and analysts disagree about the specific cause of the town fire, but there is some theories. Okay. Uh, so David DeCock, who's an author and wrote uh, several books about uh, Centralia, concluded that, it st- concluded that it started with an attempt to clean up the town landfill. Uh, he states that in May 1962, the Centralia Borough Council hired five members of the Volunteer Fire Company to clean up the town landfill, which had previously been a mile outside of town, but had then been relocated in an abandoned strip mine pit Oh, next, to, yeah, next to the cemetery, just outside the borough limits. Oh shit! And yeah, in previous years, this had also been done prior to Memorial Day. And, but then on May twenty seventh, nineteen sixty two, the firefighters, as they had in the past, just set the dump fire, the set the dump on fire, just to let it burn for some time. Uh, I mean, we don't do this very often anymore, especially because we know how bad it is for the environment. Mm -hmm. But back then, burning trash, like, yeah, let's fucking let's do it all the time. See, that's what I heard it was. I what I read or watched or heard was that the fire had started from like uh, people putting all their stuff or like hot ash or hot coal, like putting taking Mm -hmm. it to the dump. And then that just triggered something into an abandoned an abandoned entry or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, so at least in this theory, uh they they tried to just set the dump on fire and let it burn for some time, but unlike in previous years, however, the fire was not fully extinguishing and they found that an unsealed opening in the pit allowed the fire to enter this maze of abandoned coal mines beneath Centralia. Dang. Yeah. And so and, then, and that just lit the whole coal mine on fire with all of the coal. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, these coal miners, they can't start, uh, like, they can't have a spark. They can't smoke cigarettes or anything. Like, they can't have anything with ignition because it will, it's super flammable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll just pick up. Um, but another theory uh, by Joan Quigley, who's another author, uh, she claims that the fire had started the previous day and that a trash hauler dumped hot ash and coal discarded from coal burners into the open trash pit. Um, And she noted that borough council minutes from June 4th, 1962 
refer to two different fires at the dump, and that five firefighters had submitted bills for fighting the fire at the landfill area. And so, uh, and this kind of had some backlash too because the borough, by law, was responsible for installing fire-resistant clay barriers between each layer of the landfill. Uh, but they fell behind schedule and ended up just leaving the barrier incomplete. Dang. Right. And so this allowed the hot coals to penetrate the vein of the coal underneath the pit and start this subterranean fire. I have to tell my fucking daughter all the goddamn time, finish the task at hand. Like, finish what right? you started. Keep. Don't just yeah. move on to the next task. Like, you fucking got this out. You got your whole yeah. coloring set and this book out. And then you went and put the crayons away when you're done, but you left 16 coloring books on the table. Finish the goddamn task at hand before you move on to the next yeah, thing. Or else our fucking house is going to start on fire. Is that what you want? <laughs> huh? Is that what you want from me and your... God damn it. You never know the consequences, books. man. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. It's You just got to figure your shit out. Especially as a town. Like, I get it. There's a lot to shit to figure out. But not every single town starts on fire. So <laughs> finish the task. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. So the crazy thing is that the residents weren't even notified of the fire until July. Oh, snap. So they're yeah. just standing uh, they above this freaking fire this whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just saying it's fine. Do, 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 do. Yeah. A couple months goes by, they're just hanging out, not even knowing there's a fire. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Um, yeah, but and so when they were finally told, they were actually told that it was under control uh, and that everything was going to be fine. Uh, there was several attempts to try and dig out the area where the fire was starting, but most of the attempts were stopped by the authorities because the city council and the state government would not approve any work to stop the fires. Okay. I mean, and I, I tried to find, like, a specific reason. Some of the reasons say that it's just, oh, they just didn't have the funding to approve a project or that they didn't want to risk anybody's life at this time. I don't know. There's some bouncing around. Okay. No one wants and to take the I mean, the blame. as we get to the theories at the very end, I will I would say what I think it actually was because, but, you know, whatever. But, yeah, so... And then whenever any actual work was done on the fires, it would usually actually end up spreading the fire deeper into the mines, therefore making the fire even worse. Oh, no. So, <laughs> so every time they take a scoop yeah. out, the fire would just move, <laughs> keep moving down the mines. Just, poof, it just gives it a nice burst of oxygen, and it just, just shoots down nice. a little bit further. I like yeah. it. Uh, so one year um, after the fire had already started, so it's been going for about a year now, they were able to get the fire about 80% contained. So they, they've only got, they've almost got this motherfucker. It's like, it's, okay, we got this, guys. Hang in there. But then, boom, Labor Day came. And we all know how important that day is. <laughs> yeah. The day, uh, the day of the day off. So day. everyone was, right? And so everyone was working on, who was working on it was told to take a long holiday weekend. No. <laughs> hey, don't worry about it. It's just a fire. We know, no big deal. We've we, almost got it. <laughs> we know this have been building working hard. Get out of here, firefighters! But we've got a long weekend coming up. Why don't you guys just take oh, a day fuck off? Yeah. Go ahead and go home early to your hey, family. Hey, we're 
for Labor Day, we usually have barbecues. Instead of lighting up the barbecue, let's just come to the coal mine. We'll meet here. And we'll just roast all of our shit here. Jesus it's perfect. Christ. I love the logic. No need to they start anything. <laughs> right. But yeah, and so by the time they came back from their late holiday weekend, the fire was back to normal. All of their work was undone. Shocking. Crazy, right? Uh, and so let's jump to 1969. So the city had almost gone bankrupt from digging trenches just to try and get this fire out. But they had once again gotten to the point of about 80% contained. Don't tell me. So they're almost. Wait, what's after fucking, Labor Day? They're almost able to put out this crazy ass fire. So then July 4th <laughs> came no along. Holidays. And they're like, well, <laughs> it is Independence Day. Why don't you guys just take the weekend <laughs> off? Oh, guys, it's President's Day. I mean, you know the holiday that most people don't celebrate? We need to take it off. Let's, this is important. Let's be honest. I mean, it's Valentine's Day. What's more romantic than letting the fires burn? <laughs> Come on. What was the excuse yeah. this time? But then, uh, yeah, so, but then they were stopped by the state government because the state wasn't approving any more funding for the trench digging. Oh, so they just had to stop. So they're like, all right, well, if you're not going to pay us to do it. So the fire started getting worse again. Jesus. Uh, yeah, and at this point, the fire had spread through the mine enough that three families had to be evacuated from their homes because CO2 and smoke started seeping into their homes Whoa, from their basements. That's crazy. So like th- this this fire's getting hot enough literally underneath their home that it's just not safe for them anymore. Snap. Yeah. So at this point, the fire had been burning for 10 years in 1972. They hadn't been working on it a whole lot. Uh, oh, excuse nice. me. I had that one holding in there. Uh, and they started to drill holes in the ground throughout the town to try and see where the fire had spread to uh, and see if they could try and figure out their next plan of action f- to attempt to put out this fire. Okay. Uh, but I don't know what you know about fire. I mean, based off of their plan, it sounds like they know nothing. <laughs> so far. <laughs> but by drilling holes into the mines, they just ended up giving more oxygen to the fires and boom, it just spread the fires throughout these mines even worse. Yep. So that's fun. Sounds about right. Yeah, good stuff. And so by 1977, the population had dropped drastically. Partially because more people started leaving. I think some people were like, oh, the air quality out here is really fucked up. I can't <laughs> really see the sun even. <laughs> so I'm going to leave. <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably what it is. Uh, I mean, there's something really weird about Centralia. They don't have a sun out there, guys. Uh, the cl- the sky is also not blue. It's very, it's kind of an opaque gray. <laughs> they don't have a sun. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, they have a moon, but yeah. like they don't have the sun. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean they don't have Super a sun? Super weird. Don't know what's up with those people. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but also one of the reasons was because people were starting to get sick. And dying for unknown reasons. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of a, a single reason why people would be dying then. Which is um, fucking but crazy. Like, if yeah. they didn't know, like, they knew the f- the city was on fire. They knew that people yeah. were having smoke being 
like coming into their houses and they still haven't evacuated anybody at this time. That's what blows my brain apart. Like you're yeah, you're not well, kicking anybody out yet. This, yeah. This this the the government and the town was trying to just keep people calm. Oh, the fire's gonna get out. They're oh so far we don't know anything's too dangerous. We've only had to evacuate a couple people. We're gonna be just fine, guys. Hey, we're doing good. <laughs> It'll be fine. We're gonna stay strong, just like this fire, right? <laughs> we stick we're together. Get through. <laughs> but yeah, so a lot of people are getting sick, but also some people had just started disappearing. Oh, I don't mean I, maybe the census was counting the people who Wait, were moving, what? or maybe some people were just disappearing. What the hell? Hmm. Yeah. Also in 1977. One woman's pool in her backyard ended up heating up to 746 degrees. Did you say 700? Oh, yes, I did. What? Yes, I, yes, I did. <laughs> oh, my God. That's boiling. Her pool was boiling? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it really it, it skipped comfortable. It also <laughs> skipped hot tub and just went fucking straight to murder. Let's boil all of our food in our pool in the backyard. You're going to boil to death. Dude, guess how many fucking eggs I can boil at once. <laughs> You're going to fucking lose your mind. Bring the artichokes. No, all of them. <laughs> like, uh, what do you no, mean? no, from the all store, of all of them. <laughs> we're all, like, all going to eat artichokes today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah, fucking mad. That's dope. How many eggs can yeah. they boil at once? How big was the pool? Do we know? Dude. I I I don't know. It just says her pool in her backyard. So, so. okay, my my pool's like uh let's think. 50 feet by 10 feet. Yeah, good for you, Regis. I'm happy so. for you. But seriously, <laughs> I just just, <laughs> just kidding. I'm so fucking excited for you, dick. Like, dude, my fucking pool is so cool and big and awesome. It no, could probably fit like 800 <laughs> eggs in there, bro. <laughs> just could probably fit like 800 <laughs> eggs in that pool, man. That's exactly what I was thinking is how many eggs can I fit in my pool? <laughs> <laughs> so if this person's pool like, wow, is, babe. is as I mean it's not it's not to brag about. It's just big enough to fit a few people. It's like it's like f- uh, 4 feet deep. It's really nothing to brag about. But what I'm I mean, thinking yeah, is it that can fit like 10 people <laughs> or like 800 eggs, bro. <laughs> how many eggs can we boil at once in this 700 degrees though? How? What temperature do you yeah. boil eggs really at? Like, what's boiling temperature? I oh god! Can you? I gotta say, like that's like I think boiling water boils at like two hundred degrees, three hundred degrees. I don't know. I feel like an idiot not knowing what temperature water boils at. I now can. That I say that. Um, you're th- two hundred sounds right. Like uh, that's two hundred and twelve. There you go. Just Google that. We're good. Nice. So you weren't 212. wrong. Two hundred twelve. So two hundred. So two hundred degrees boils water. That's three times that amount. And this fucking pool is at 746 degrees. 700. So if you have seven. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, is it boiling at that point, though? Oh, I I, I imagine it boiled for a minute for a there. Second. And it probably just started evaporating pretty quickly. Yeah. I don't know. Damn. <laughs> How fun would that be as yeah, a child, it, though, living in there? Oh, like, oh, my God, look at the pool. Like, it's past boiling. Now it's, like, erupting. What can madness. we throw in there? We throw something. Right. Let's throw a shoe. Give me your shoe. <laughs> That's the first thing you have. Give Damn. me your shoe. 
I don't know. Then everything in the house. I, See, I, I ran out of eggs. I already nope. put 800 eggs in here, and they just disappeared. We so. found the missing people. A bunch of punk-ass kids <laughs> were throwing people into these boiling pools. <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> Guess psych twist ending. It was the Molly Maguires all the time. <laughs> just throwing people in <laughs> boiling pools. Well, this looks fun. <laughs> but yeah, so even with all of this fucking crazy shit happening, the state never approved for an environmental study to be done to test the CO2 levels to see if it was actually safe for the people or not. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, in 1979, locals became aware of the scale of the problem when a gas station owner, who was also the then mayor, so it's kind of fun, uh, John Coddington, <laughs> Wait. he inserted a dipstick. Hold on. <laughs> Back up. Yeah. You just said the gas station okay. employee. Employee was also the mayor. Well, well, I'm like the gas station owner. Okay, but I mean he was also an employee. I'm sure because he, you know, worked there. The owner of the gas station was the mayor. Got it. I just <laughs> picture every single person yeah. that I see working at a gas station. Sometimes they're good people, but other times you wondered. Yeah, this is as far as you're gonna go in life. That's for sure. <laughs> so if that's the type your, of person uh, that ran that, your highest peak in life was to own a Seven Eleven. So that's awesome. <laughs> yep. Okay, I got a good picture in my head. He has a bandana and good. an eye patch, so we're good. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, God, I hope so. But, yeah, so this guy inserted a dipstick into one of his underground tanks to check the fuel level. And when he withdrew it, it seemed pretty hot. He's like, oh, damn. So he lowered a thermometer into the tank on a string and was shocked to discover that the temperature of the gasoline in the tank was 172 degrees. Almost boiling gasoline. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Whoa. Which, I guess, for the rest of the world, for our international goats, that's about 77.8 degrees Celsius. There we go. Uh, which is really fucking hot. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. it could have. But I looked it up. So did it explode? Well, so I looked it up. Gas doesn't ignite until it gets over 400 degrees, at least. So, Dang. I mean, it's fucking still really scary for it to be 170 fucking degrees. Yeah, you're really close. But uh but it's uh it was still at least not like right about to blow up, but uh, fucking I mean, if a pool could get to 746, I'm sure the gasoline's not too far. Yeah. Off. Yeah. So, in 1980, the Bureau of Mines said that no further work would be done and that the best course of action would be to let the fire just burn out in its own. Huh, that's funny. Hmm. So, I mean, and maybe it's me. I've got three kids. I'm a stay-at-home dad, and so I just try to – I think of a lot of metaphors about parenting. Yeah. But I just really feel like basically they're treating this fire like a two-year-old. <laughs> How's that? Oh, he's throwing a tantrum? Ah, ah fuck. just ignore him. He'll eventually tire himself out. <laughs> He'll be fine. <laughs> He'll cry himself to sleep. Yeah, it'll be good. Just, Just don't give him too much attention. When he, it'll be fine. Oh, that's funny. He'll work it out on his own. Because fires have moods. Yeah. Of course. So that's a great plan of action. But so the statewide attention to the fire began to increase. Of course, it started getting spreading throughout Pennsylvania, the news of this fire. Uh, and it really came to a big point in 1981 when a 12-year-old resident named Todd Domboski fell into a sinkhole. Oh, shit. Yeah. So 
this sinkhole ended up being four feet wide and 150 feet deep. Whoa. Yeah, Whoa. it just suddenly opened up beneath him in his backyard. Oh, that's some scary shit. Yeah, uh, yeah, and this fucking kid would have totally been done for if it wasn't for his 14-year-old cousin, Eric Wolfgang, who had been fairly close by and was able to pull him out of the hole <gasps> and save his life. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Yeah, which was pretty close because about 10 minutes after the sinkhole opened up, a plume of hot steam billowed out from the hole and just kept coming out of this hole. Like a geyser? Yeah. Uh, and they ended up testing this, the air that was coming out of this hole, and they found that it had lethal levels of carbon monoxide. Oh, my God. <laughs> so if if he had actually stayed in the hole, if it, I mean, if he didn't die from the 150-foot drop, if he didn't die from the hot burns of the steam, he would have died within four minutes due just to how toxic the carbon monoxide was. Dang. So, yeah. So, although there was physical and visible evidence of the fire, residents of Centralia were still bitterly divided over the question of whether or not the fire posed a direct threat to the town. There's still people that stayed at that time? Hmm. Yeah, there's still there's still over a thousand people living here in 1980. Uh, sorry, this is a uh, fucking, I don't, 1982. See, this is what happens to people that are just stuck in their ways. Like if you if you do things because yep. your grandpa did it, like you're gonna, you may pay for it. <laughs> well, and I mean at the same time, like this is before the internet, we didn't know a lot about the rest of the world, you know. And uh, unless you were watching TV and stuff, still, and if you were born in Centralia, you've been there. Oh, this fire's been burning my whole life. It's fine. <laughs> it's got. It's going great. But when a 12-year-old neighbor boy almost falls uh, into a giant CO2 yeah. hole. Yeah. Well, I just I just think it's fucking crazy. This there's been a fucking fire spreading underneath the earth for 20 years and they're now just starting to talk about if it's a threat or not. Yeah, it blows my mind. <laughs> so, at this point they had spent over 700 uh sorry, 7 million on trying to just put out the fire. But they decided the only way to stop it would have a massive trenching operation that would cost about six hundred and sixty million. Whoa! And and even then, with how stubborn the fire has been, there wasn't even a guarantee on if that would work. That's federal money. That's not just state money. Yeah, no, that's that's not just state. That has that that has to come from the U.S. Congress to like a fucking approve that shit. For a thousand so, people, you want to spend six hundred million for a thousand people. Yeah, so that's yeah, six hundred and sixty million for a thousand people in a town where they're only alive because of coal. Yet this massive trenching operation would get rid of the mines. That's Big. yeah, that's the thing. Because you, it's not like you're gonna save the coal. Like you're not hanging onto it and thinking yeah. you're gonna use it after. Like you're done. You stop the fire and you no longer mine in this area. Well, well, to be fair. If they were able to figure out a way to stop the fires and where the fire is, there's still hundreds of millions of dollars worth of coal in the mines that are untainted by the fire. They just don't have a way to get to it because the fire itself. 
So, I mean, it's hard. Idiots. But so, I know, right? So, by in 1983, the U.S. Congress allocated a little over $42 million for the relocation efforts instead of trying to fix the problem. Uh, so, nearly all of the residents accepted the government's buyout offers, which was about more than 1,000 people. Uh, and they ended up just moving out of the town. And that... And then once they moved, over 500 structures were demolished. Yep. Uh, but but one of the main problems still was that every person who got a buyout had their home appraised. And the appraisals were fair, except for when it came, went to the government and they were then actually making the offer to the homeowners. They automatically took off 20% because their home was in a, quote, fire danger area. <laughs> That's the funniest thing. It's how the government works, man. Eminent domain is a son of a bitch. They can come and take out yeah. anything and just say, "Well, this is just compensation. <laughs> this is value. This is, we're paying you the value of what it's really worth." Let me show you why we came yeah. up with that value. It's because of where <laughs> you live. It's like, oh shit. You're right. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, so I mean, everything's great about this house. It's beautiful. Um, I mean, but thinking about the resale value realistically You're not going to get much I mean, it's money not out very of it. good because there's like a fire underneath the home so if you could just, just get, we're going to have to take 20% if you can get off. rid of the fire we could sell this house for plenty <laughs> right. more it'll be great but because it'll there's be beautiful. this fire work underneath the- your house <laughs> we're kind of in a tough situation <laughs> right You're like i have to sell my house because of the fire underneath my house oh well they just put the fire out i can't put the fire out <laughs> underneath my house <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. All right. Well, we're gonna have to take that twenty percent off then, because, uh, <laughs> dude. Yeah. That so sucks. that's why that was the main reason why a lot of the people didn't accept the buyout offer because they didn't feel like it was I mean, fair. Some of them, yeah. Well, some of them could have possibly afforded relocating and moving and buying a new house or an apartment if they had gotten their full cost of their home back. But with them getting less than what their home was worth. A lot of these people couldn't even afford to actually move. So by Damn. 1990, the census recorded that there were still 63 remaining residents in this town, most of them elderly. Stuck in their ways. See? Yeah. Well, I mean, stuck in their ways, but maybe some of them also stuck on a fixed income. Or stuck on so a chair because their legs don't work. Also that. Or... Slowly dying because of CO2 poisoning. Or <laughs> I mean, you never really know. It's a real toss-up in the air. Yeah. yeah. So, in 1992, Pennsylvania Governor Bob Casey invoked eminent domain on all property in the borough yep. and, w- and started condemning the buildings within it. So, a subsequent legal effort by residents to overturn the action ended up failing. And in 2002... The U.S. Postal Service ended up discontinuing Centralia's zip code. Oh yeah, which was one seven nine two seven. Yeah, that that's what I remember the most of is they just like took it up. Like, nope, this is not a zip code anymore. And it's like, oh, you people aren't going to move out. Well, then we're just going to start taking th- amenities away. Yep. You want your mail? Too bad. I think that's fucking nuts. Yeah. So their their reasoning for taking away the zip code was one, their population was getting very low. Uh, but also because one of the mail trucks had fallen into a sinkhole. Oh, and that was the last so time. So they didn't want to keep. Uh, that was the last time yeah. they went to that city. 
Yeah, they didn't want to keep sending people there. So I get it. And so at this point, only 16 homes were still standing by 2006. Really? Which ended up getting reduced to 11 by 2009 when Governor Ed Rendell began the formal eviction of the remaining Centralia residents. Oh, see, I didn't know that it, there were people there at that time, like so recent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, o- and so by 2010, only five homes remained. So the Centralia mine fire ended up extending beneath the village of a town known as Burnsville, <laughs> which I, I mean, that's awesome. I guess it's just an unfortunate name. I mean, maybe they were talking shit and they got bad karma, and so it, it, they just had it coming to them. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, that 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 town was a short distance to the south, and they it required them to abandon that town as well. That's where a lot of people <laughs> went, is what you're saying? No, that's where a lot of they had to also evict a lot of people in Burnsville because of the mine fire had spread there as well. Oh, oh, I missed that part. That dang, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So a few homes remain standing in Centralia to this day. Uh, most of the abandoned buildings have been demolished by the Columbia County Redevelopment Authority or just ended up being reclaimed by nature. Um, and at a casual glance, the area now appears to be just a field with many paved streets running through it. Yeah. Uh, some areas are yeah, some areas are being filled with new growth and foresting. Uh, the remaining church in the borough holds weekly services on Sunday and what? has not yet been directly affected by the fire. How are they s- who who's going to this? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll I'll tell you a little more in a minute. Ah! <laughs> Cuz I knew there was right. a church the, there. I re- like there's yeah, the there's church one church. building and it's like a municipal building and then there's the church that's all that's left. That's it. That's yeah. all that's there. Well, right? there's also still there's still town there's still four cemeteries in the town including one on the hilltop that is constantly just spouting smoke out of it. Oh, that's creepy as hell. Uh, but but they still try to maintain them the best they can. Uh, but so but mostly when you look at it like if you were to be in the middle of the town, the sky isn't as constantly gray and smoky as it used to be and there's not ash constantly falling as it was at its peak of the fire. Uh, and so mainly well, the only indications of the fire if you go to visit which underlies about 400 acres spreading along four fronts and there are low round metal steam vents in the south of the borough. Uh, there's several signs of warn of un- that there's several signs that warn of underground fires, uh, unstable ground and dangerous mm-hmm. levels of carbon monoxide. Uh, and additional smoke and steam can be seen coming from the abandoned portion of the Pennsylvania route 61, uh, and then there's also an area just behind the Hilltop Cemetery and other cracks in the ground scattered around the area in the city. And uh, and that's when they eventually, Route 61 had to be repaired several times, but was just eventually closed due to the cracks. Dang. And I know that they have, like, ventilation pipes scattered in yeah. there somewhere in the town that they have to, like, let, let air or let smoke come through or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that hopefully... It, yeah, when they installed these vents, it made it to where the smoke and all this carbon monoxide is coming out of only those places yeah. instead of forcing its way through the rest of the town. Making sinkholes so when visitors come through, they don't just fall and die. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fuck, I know, right? Uh, but yeah, the current route was formerly a detour around the damaged portion during the repairs, 
and then ended up becoming the permanent route in 1993. Uh, and that's when they put mounds of dirt placed both ends of the former route, which was just effectively blocking the road. And they also removed the street signs and road signs saying Centralia to where if you were just driving by, you wouldn't even know there was a town there anymore. Oh, how sad. Yeah. Um, pedestrian traffic is still possible due to a small opening about two feet wide at the north side of the road. Um, and so the underground fire is still burning and may continue to do so. They did tests based off of how much carbon monoxide there is and how much areas of the mine are still untouched that, and how much coal there is left in the mines. They said this fire, if it goes unfixed, will continue to burn for another 250 years. Yeah, yeah. when I heard that, <laughs> like, that's fucking insane. So 200 yeah. years. You really think the fire's just going to burn out on its own now? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody in in that entire generation, not even people that were born in that city, will see yep. the end of that. No way. No it's fucking crazy. way. So, in 2010, <coughs> only five homes remained as state officials tried to evac the vacate the remaining residents and demolish what was left of the town. But in March 2011, a federal judge refused to issue an injunction that would have stopped the, condemna the condemnation of the town. Mm -hmm. So, those five homes got to remain. Uh, in October 2013, the remaining residents settled their lawsuit and they ended up receiving... $2,800 in compensation for the value of their homes, along with another 131500 to settle additional claims. Hmm. I wonder what those additional and, claims the thing are. They, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm sure it's like damages. Like, my house is always hot. I can't walk around barefoot. It's really hot all the time. <laughs> Do you have anything to, for that? Nah, shit. Uh, but yeah, but so the thing they mostly wanted, though, was the right to stay in their homes for the rest of their lives, which is which they got. So the town residents and former residents decided to open a time capsule buried in 1966. Uh, they were scheduled to open in 2016, but they ended up opening it a little early because somebody had tried to steal the time capsule in 2014. Weird. So they're like, uh, hey, hey, stop, thief. Oh, well, I guess, hey, I guess now's a good time to open it, if <laughs> we're being honest. Oh, well, so. it's halfway out. We so may not make well. it to 2016 anyways. <laughs> yeah, so some items found in the Foot Locker capsule was, uh, it had been inundated with about 12 inches of water, and it included a miner's helmet, a miner's lamp, some coal, a Bible, local souvenirs, and a pair of bloomers that were signed by all of the men in Centralia in 1966. How depressing. So, yeah. And I'm surprised, to be honest, that they didn't just open it up and find a whole bunch of ash in there. Like, oh, oh my God. It was really hot down there, I guess. Jesus it Christ. It That's so right. sad. Other than, like, the sign. Yeah. What was it? The sign? What did, what did all the people what? sign? Oh, it was a pair of bloomers? Oh. Yeah, other than that, the rest of it just seems so depressing. Hey, man, it's a coal mining town, man. It's dope, right? So dope. Got my miner's helmet, a lamp, coal, and my Bible. That's all I need. And, yeah, I'll sign a pair of pants. Why not? God damn. Yeah. 
But uh, so several current and former Centralia residents believe that the state's eminent domain claim was a plot to gain the mineral rights to the anthracite coal that was beneath the borough. Uh, residents have asserted its value to be in the hundreds of millions of dollars, although the exact amount of coal is still not known. So, I mean, I mean it's iffy, but like I said, if there was a way they could put out the fire without completely destroying the mines, there's still a lot of coal down there. Yeah. Uh, and this theory is based on the municipality laws of the state. So according to the state law, when the municipality can no longer form a functioning government, for example, when there are no longer any residents in the borough, then the borough will legally cease to exist. And then at that point, the mineral rights, which are owned by the borough of Centralia, would revert to the ownership of the state and the federal government. So their theory is that, especially with how terrible the government has been with trying to help them get the fires out in the past with how hard it was for them to get anything approved and with them trying to be forcibly removed i mean to be fair like we talked about they the government's not going to spend 660 million dollars on a town of a thousand people no just doesn't make sense. No, and, and if there was in a, their mind, you know that if there was a way that they could get access to be able to continue mining, being that there's hundreds of millions of dollars worth of coal in there, they're gonna try to figure a way out. But yeah, what more do you do? Yeah, I mean, so I can see both sides. I can see where it's like, okay, yeah, we're not gonna try and put out this fire and spend this much money for this small of a town, but I can also see, hey. Why save the town and get no reward when we can just let it burn for a little bit longer and then save the town when we actually own it and get a huge reward? Sure. Mm, okay. I, I, yeah. I follow that, that train of logic, but are they doing that now? Because everything's already been moved out. The town's already been evacuated. There's no one living there. There's no houses. I mean, I understand there's yeah. a church that they hold meetings or whatever church things do, but there's <laughs> not <laughs> there. There's nobody there mining. So if they kicked everybody yeah. out and then they started mining, then there would be an uproar. But no one's doing anything. But there's a goddamn fire. So those theories and those people that think that that's everyone's out to fucking get them. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll just have to wait and see until there's nobody living there, yeah. because there are still people living there. There, wait, the remaining residents. There's still people living there. Oh yeah. What? There's still people living there. Who? Friend. How many houses? Who's there? So there, so there's still five homes, and the remaining residents are there's one aged between 25 and 29. Okay. One between 50 to 54. One between 55 to 59. There are four between 60 to 64, two between 70 to 74, and one between 80 to 84. I want to know. And that makes five. That young couple. That makes five females and five males. So that young couple, are they, well, young compared to the rest of them, were they born there? Well, so I'm, it doesn't say, but I'm assuming, but it says they're a married couple. So I'm assuming they were, they were probably, 
probably just born there or they thought the idea of living there was cool and so they bought like a house there super cheap or like it was maybe it they were it was given to them by a d- dead family member i don't know but i would i would have to assume most likely they were born there you, you can't catch yeah. me there but good for them i guess right <laughs> i don't know fucking it's weird but yeah so the centralia municipal building still stands like you were talking about uh along with the attached fire station garage uh, but by the b- early 2010s, the building had fallen into disrepair, but they did try adding new siding uh, in 2012 to try and keep the building put together, at least for historical purposes. Uh, and this building hosts the annual Centralia Cleanup Day when volunteers collect illegally dumped trash in the area. Um, and so al- although the past cleanup days avoided fire-impacted areas... The most recent cleanup day in 2018 included areas around the landfill and the abandoned section of the Route 61, uh, which that Pennsylvania Route 61 has since been nicknamed the Graffiti Highway Oh, because it's a popular place for high school and college students to go get super drunk and put graffiti everywhere. Yeah. I Fun, right? I learned that somewhere along the way. That's cool, though. Yeah. Yeah, so the fi- like I said, the fire still burns to this day, probably will for another 250 years. And one of the last standing buildings is the town's Catholic church, which remains in use mm-hmm. and attracts worshipers from surrounding towns, including people who were once residents of the town. Hmm. And a geological survey found that there was solid rock and not coal underneath the church. So it's not in danger of collapse due to the fire. That's kind of weird, right? Uh, And so wrapping it back to the beginning, Centralia was one of the main inspirations for the game and movie Silent Hill. Ah, All the smoky air. Yeah, the idea of coming into a town where it's covered in smoke, fog, and ash. Oh, shit. And it's just creepy, falling apart, Ah. being broken down. Ugh. Yeah. I got the chills. <laughs> Good stuff, right? That's cool. All right, bitch. You ready? Well, I, w- I want to talk about why the fuck they're preserving some of these buildings, though, for historic facts. Why the fuck are you hanging on to that? <laughs> why, are, why are we hanging because on? Because they live there, Regis. But who the fuck cares? <laughs> Old people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that... That's what bothers me. Like I'm all for teaching historical history at this point. Like, so. I, I I get it. Like I think we should know what we've done in the past. I think we should learn from things that we've done that we fucked up on. But I think preserving buildings for who fucking knows what is a waste of money. Just teach it in the history books. There's some things that I absolutely yeah. believe that we should preserve. I think one that we should not. I agree. This this could be a fun topic. Like things like concentration camps, Auschwitz, we should fucking destroy that yeah. shit. I agree on that one. Like I, I will agree with you on there, Auschwitz. We should absolutely teach things, but to preserve the buildings themselves so that people can go there and gawk over things that happened at this place, I think we're going that's too fucking far. Destroy it and now use that yeah. land for something 
that is useful. Like a it's hard. And I mean, and yeah, and like this is definitely a topic for another day because I could go forever. But like, I mean, even keeping on the idea of Auschwitz, like just I just I just hate how much stupid there is in the world. And there are legitimately legitimately a huge number of people who believe that the Holocaust didn't even happen. Yeah. And so for some people like that, I think, hey, here's a historical monument. There's here's the fucking place where it happened. How can you say this isn't real? This actually is here. I just feel like those people w- reading it in a history book would go, eh, I don't care. I don't think it's – I still don't think it happened. But those people aren't going – to uh, the sites, they're not. No, I mean that's true. They're not going to go. They've got too many sticks up their ass to start with. Yeah. That they, I mean, they could always just do what Zeppelin Fest has started doing, where they just use old concentration camps. They've cleaned out the area, and then they use it for a week-long music festival. Hey, <laughs> but to hang on, <laughs> to go back to this town, why are we hanging on to a building in a town that doesn't function? Fucking tear it down and leave the land as it is. What like you're you're spent the state or the county? They're spending money on a building that no one's going to fucking see. <sighs> they're already going for the church. Let the let them spend their money on their church. But what a waste I of money! I honestly think it's just old people holding on to things. I mean, your your exact argument I agree with, but that exact argument could be held on to. Why are you even holding on to this town in the first place? Amen. And if they're gonna if they're gonna hold on to the town, then they're gonna try and hold on to their the things they find that are important Just in this town. Stuck in their ways. It's burning from the ground Boom. up. There Yes, literally. Literally. <laughs> it is burning. It's on literally. fire. Get the fuck out. Yeah, the only thing there with the firm foundation, unfortunately, is the church, which, oh, my God, that hurts for me to just say it that way. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) All right, so theory number one. The fire started because of the landfill fire that was originally supposed to be just a controlled fire. Oh. So we're going to go on how it started, eh? Yeah. So it's and and uh s- some of these theories will expand upon of th- it'll go a little deeper to why it's continued. Okay. But I mean, for these first two for sure it's mostly just how the fire started. Okay. So landfill. So we're thinking people dump shit in a landfill, burn it on fire. They're like, "All right, let's light it on fire, take it down. It'll be gone." But oops, no, it ended up being a huge fire. Okay. Theory number two, the fire started because of hot coals and ash that were dumped into the landmill. So it was an accidental fire that just came out of control. Okay. Theory number three, the government planned to start the fire in order to eventually get their property rights back and gain access to the hundreds of millions of dollars worth of coal underneath. God damn. Those, that's the people that are living there still. That's what they said. No one. Oh yeah. No yeah, one outside residence theory of that city believes that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, I don't agree one hundred percent in that the government started the fire, but everything else about the government being involved and uh, 
holding on to it and trying to kick people out of the town. I'm I'm gonna say I do kind of believe in some of that. Oh, okay. But uh, but I but I dare we'll 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 wrap back to that. Okay. But I mean, do keep in mind the fire did start only two years after the government lost their rights to owning the mine, and it then became hmm. the owned by the people of Centralia. Okay. So. All right, theory number four, the fire started because of the curse from the Catholic priest. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. And that's why the church is one of the only remaining buildings. Yeah, I like that one. That one's so fun. Ooh. It's a good one. Oh, shit. Yeah, Um, another fun theory that almost made it in. I, di- I almost replaced theory number two with it, but I feel like theory number one and theory number two are such strong, like, actual real theories yeah. that I wanted to keep them in. Uh, but another fun theory is that the, the uh, oh, shit, what's their fucking name? The Molly Maguires, that the, the, the leftover descendants of the Molly Maguires started the fire in retaliation to the way that their ancestors had been treated. Hmm. I don't know. But, I mean, it's a fun, it was a fun almost. Honorable mention. Fun almost. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right. So let's wrap it back. Okay, I'm ready. Theory number one. Mm -hmm. The the fire started because of the landfill fire. And uh, the first two are very logical. Nothing crazy or extravagant about them. Um, I learned that it was Mm -hmm. something like that. Or like they see, I... What I heard was like it was a combination, like people were dumping coal and ash into the landfill, and therefore it started a big one. Yeah, which which that's more of theory two. Yeah. Okay. So the right. first one then would for me is no. Okay. So you don't think it was because they tried doing a controlled fire? No. Okay. <laughs> that's fair. I, like like you said, very logical. Um, and I hate most of the logical ones because <laughs> right. they're stupid. Right. And r- they're very real life. That's And uh, that's dumb. I have this tear <laughs> inside of my heart where it's like, I I agree with logic. <laughs> and then, but then it's like, logic is so boring. And then. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what happens. It's, I feel you, man. I'm right there with you. So theory number two, fire started because of hot coals and ash dumped into the land. I believe in that one more than number one. Okay. So like a half seat. That's fair. So s- same here. I like you know theory number one still makes sense. They were trying to they were doing a controlled fire to break down the trash, but a part of me feels like I just still really don't believe in that because they knew where they moved the landfill to. Right. Even though I mean they were they thought it was safe, it was supposedly safe because the the town government was supposed to add this clay to make it to where it wouldn't have started a fire in the mine. They still moved the landfill to an abandoned pit mine. So I don't I just still don't see them thinking a controlled fire is the best idea. Someone was smart enough. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like theory number two definitely at least makes more sense than theory number one. 
Okay, so we're on the same page. Uh, I mean, I still don't like it. I still don't like it, but you know, <laughs> it's it's better than theory. Yeah. One. All right, theory number three: the government started the fire in order to get their property rights back. Make that sweet moolah, <laughs> sweet mine moolah. I hate it. I hate it. Actually, I hate that theory. Oh no. Rehase. I I get angry when people immediately blame the government for the problem. Like, yeah, that's because you're one of the government's little pigs, (laughs) sucking off the teat of the hardworking American. My check was so fat. I'm I'm living now, man. (laughs) No, I. (laughs) No, when uh, it's like an instinct. Like if it when anyone yeah. tells me that there's this conspiracy theory and then it's the government's fault, I immediately tune it out. Like ah, you just have yeah. an easy thing to blame. Whether, because this yeah. this could be a hundred percent true. Like I'm not I'm not yeah. D- like that part of me says like that that could be a thing. Like this could be what really did happen, but. Because someone wants to blame it on them right away, I just I just tune it out, man. Yeah, especially since the theory comes from people who are still living in Centralia. Right. And people who are still living in Centralia, I just can't give a lot of respect to. <laughs> I mean, part of me wants to give them a lot of respect for buckling down and staying firm. Sticking to their roots. Just, this, is, this is my house. I helped build this house. I'm going to stay in this house, and I'm going to die in this Mad house. respect. But another part of me is like, you're also going to die like 20 years earlier than you normally yeah. should because you live in a fucking shit fire town. You didn't think it all the way through. But yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, it, that the government can't be blamed for things because they, sh- they oh, sure yeah. can. That's for sure. And they, yeah, they sure can, and there is proof that they have been yes. the problem. So, hundred hundreds of times through. Okay, but okay, then we're we're definitely on the same page. Okay, but when deal, and yeah, so when they are blamed, I, yeah, I just I tune it out. Show me the facts. No, that's fair, and well, and I mean, even like we talked about with the Dietlov Pass episode, same thing. It's just. As soon as the government gets blamed for the problem of a small amount of people, uh, it just it's just like I said, it's such an easy scapegoat. It's hard to take seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, I personally don't believe, like I said, that the government or anybody started the fire. But I do personally feel that the government's involvement from when the fire started to today is very fishy. I I can get on board with that in the idea that after everything started and once they realized that people are getting sick or something happened where where the government stepped in and saw a way that they could take advantage of something. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Oh, if it's going to cost 600 million to put this fire out, then I'm only going to do that if we get access to the mines. So that we get like another trill, like another billion out of it. Uh, well, let's just fucking let the fire keep going then. Let's just spend a couple of million to get people out of here, 
And then uh, fucking we'll just wait it out. We'll play the long game on this one, gentlemen. I can see that. We'll play the long game on this one. But uh, but to yeah. start it, the cause of the fire? No, I don't think that was the government. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I agree. I don't believe the cause was them, but it not stopping immediately and be, uh, taking the right course of action, especially when you think of how many times they almost had it contained and then it was stopped by the state government for something that seems so silly, like a holiday. <laughs> yeah, taking That's Labor when I'm Day like, off. Come on, seriously, you're you're literally fighting a fire. And like, I want you to enjoy your holidays, but if you're in the job, the line of work that it requires you to fight fires. <laughs> I feel like sometimes you just kind of lose your right to have a holiday vacation. Yeah, we're gonna skip the <laughs> skip the long weekend on this one. Yeah, you guys can get a ten minute holiday labor break, then go back to fighting the fire, <laughs> and then we'll see about you having like a couple months off because you know once this fire's done, you know what I mean. But yeah, so I agree. Government didn't start the fire, but they didn't help. Stop it correctly. Either. Yeah. All right. And theory number four. The fire started because of the curse from the Catholic priest. Oh, And that's yeah. why the church is one of the only remaining buildings. Yeah, I really like this one. I like curses. Not that I believe in them. Yeah. But I like when people throw, like, you're going to have a, like, you're going to be cursed by something. And then it comes mm-hmm. true. I want to believe it so much, but again, I, right. I, not that I believe in curses or how that all works. Really, how yeah. does that all work? See, I don't know, because that's the funny thing, is I feel like I believe in a curse more than I believe in religion, even though this curse was placed by a person of religion. So that's oh. where it's hard, because I feel like if it was a curse like a Native American curse— or like a like a curse from a witch, or a, you know, a curse from some type of monster like you see in movies and stories all the time. Mm-hmm. It would carry more weight. But just the fact that it's a curse placed by a Catholic priest makes it a little serious for me. I don't want to. I don't want to fuck with it because that's that's the thing is I don't believe in it. But yeah, so tell me about it. Then I'm kind of I'm walking on eggshells. Yeah, it's in the back of my See, brain. And I feel like elite like because most of our situations when a theory is about religion, I'm like, eh, it's hard for me because I like this theory, but it requires that I believe in like a heaven and a hell and religion yep. in general. But this one, this just requires that I believe in curses, yeah. which is a little separate from religion. Yeah, you know, even though it was placed by a religious person. I feel like curses is still a little separate. Exactly. You don't have to believe in the religion. I don't have to believe in the religion, exactly, to believe in this curse. Yep. So I'm like, eh. I know. I'm, man. And so. I'm torn, too. Yeah. And so, and I mean, and by definition, a curse is just an expressed wish that some form of adversity or misfor- misfortune will befall someone or something. Hmm. And I okay. mean, and so. And so maybe this curse held on to some type of dark energy, and it and it wasn't, it wasn't that this Catholic priest 
ability to have a connection or a, like a like a lifeline link to Jesus is what made him have power to leave a curse. It's just maybe that he had enough hatred in his heart that enough dark energy was placed on this town to where the curse could become true. I mean, that sounds crazy. I but yeah, I follow. I'm gonna be honest. I believe. I believe. I still believe in that theory more than the fact that there's a god and a devil. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, I follow all of the words you're saying. Talking about it makes me find my decision more. As far as what my opinion, like I talking about okay. it and you saying all the words. No, I don't believe that that <laughs> there was a curse. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Usually that's how you are. If you're on the fence about something and we start talking about it more, you're like, no, this is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not surprised that that's the way you got pushed. That's all I had to do. I just had to talk it out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Let's see how really crazy this is. (laughs) (laughs) We did it. Right? Like, that's the funny thing. We found it. (laughs) It's like I said, as crazy of an explanation as that is, I'm like, ugh. I went to church for 18 years. I went to, I, I soul searched. I went to eight different types of churches. I read the the Bible all the way through. I read the Book of Mormon all the way through. And I still personally believe in a curse more than I believe in religion. <laughs> so, yeah. I would believe I that we're not alone. Okay, that's fair. Aliens. There you go. Boom. <laughs> There's no having a hail. It's just aliens. We're good. It's all aliens. <laughs> that's always how it comes back to, right? Oh, fuck. Aliens. All right. Is there well, an episode that I we mean, don't mention aliens? No, and I think it's important that we keep that trend. Yeah. Because Facts. even though this this theory had nothing to do with aliens, and... Aliens isn't even one of the theories. We still have to bring it up. Somehow so. aliens, because aliens are real. And that's the yeah. that's how the cookie crumbles. That's how the chapter exactly. will always end. Right. And I am a little, a little disappointed in us, though, that we haven't brought up the Illuminati in a while. So, I mean. Yeah. We'll have to definitely, we'll have to bring them back into an episode huh. soon. I'll have to see what I can do. Yeah. I have them involved in, like, an episode that's like two episodes away that I've planned. Hmm. But uh, well, maybe I'll push that episode ahead. So here's we'll the thing: is they're being a little too quiet, so they're up to something. Uh oh. Uh oh. They've, they've oh got to be. If they're not oh making Jesus their Christ, way into no our show, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is happening? What are they up We're, to? It's happening. It it is happening. That's what's happening. If it's not getting into our show, then they are being quiet and sneaky enough. They've already taken over. We're done for, guys. We're fucked. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, God. Oh, shit. <laughs> Panic ensues. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, man. Well, that's it. Dang. Centralia. Cent- the city on fire. Fucking Tralia. That's so cool. The real life was, Silent Hill. You know what's cool is I was thinking about that city the other day. Not the other day. Maybe a, a week ago, two weeks ago. Okay. I was like, oh, dang. How crazy would that be? Because I was thinking about, like, developed cities and... All, all these kind of things. I was like, dang. Yeah. Thinking about mining towns, and it's then that so. came up. I was like, oh, shit. Then there's that town that's on fire right now. I wonder if they're still on fire. And then, right. Well, hey, man, if we ever end up taking our real our real tour of the East Coast 
to go see all this weird paranormal and like conspiracy theory shit. You can still go visit Centralia today. You just have to drive to the end of the road and walk a couple miles, and boom, there you go. You're in Centralia. So, all right, we may have to go check that out on our East Coast tour. That's where we're stopping. Hope, hope yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to Scapegoats. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you to all of our goats, especially our international goats. Yeah. Gracias. The numbers are growing, and that's uh, awesome. Other language of thank yous. <laughs> exactly, because uh, I will say now, what our international listeners, none of them are in Mexico. So oh, you saying gracias, no point. Damn. But it's okay. <laughs> we'll get there someday. Epic fail. We'll get there someday. <laughs> but yeah, uh, also thank you to all of our patron goats who help support us monthly. And uh, it's a big thank you because even though we love this show and we it's so much fun for us, it is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So it is nice to get a still this, as small of a paycheck as it is, still nice to get something. So thank you very much. Uh, especially a big thank you to our Ultra Mega Goat, Lucina. She has to say her last name. Buenas aves. Thanks, Lucina Renesaves. <laughs> so nice of you. Uh, if you want to be awesome like them, go to patreon.com slash scapegoatspod. That's all. Where you can sign up for one of our awesome tiers. Uh, and included in some of those tiers is our merchandise, which you can also get by going to www.scapegoatspod.wix.com slash scapegoats. And you can get our stickers, hats, and shirts. And if you really want some dope merchandise, you could also go check out our Facebook and Instagram pages where we give away free stickers all the time. It's nuts. You just it's fucking bonkers balls. Crazy. And so, yeah, if you leave an awesome comment or let us know of a fun topic you want to hear about, you could win Go to the Month, and I will send you a free sticker for that. So, oh. And uh, occasionally, if you just... Be- you come on very strong. I love it when people come on strong. Makes me nervous, and I like that. And uh, how we got if three you're kids. even like, hey, I'm one of your guys' hugest fans. You guys are awesome. I'll be like, that's great. You make me nervous. Here's a free sticker. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Just reach out to us. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I think that's it. Anything from you, Regis? Yeah, you didn't know, but this whole time, I have been naked. What? That is awesome. Yep. I'm impressed. It's kind of nice. I mean, I don't blame you. We're not in the same room with each other anymore, so you can really do whatever the fuck you want. Well, you could go here pee in the bathroom right next to your recording room. Yeah, none of us would even know. That's convenient, <laughs> but here's the weirder thing that I just put together. So I have a picture of you sitting right here, kind of yeah. in my eyesight <laughs> right next to you is a mirror and oh. in the mirror i see my naked self <laughs> that's hot so i mean that's just how our podcasting experience i think was really supposed to go we were just always so nervous <laughs> to really initiate it's it. easier rather than imagining other people <laughs> naked when you're recording by yourself you just get naked <laughs> Just be naked. It's I mean, really especially easy. when the weather's 77 degrees outside. <laughs> I mean, right now I'm wearing slippers, socks, jeans, t- a sh- shirt, and a jacket because it's 
like 30 degrees in my basement. But oh, yeah. I mean, I don't have you those do what problems, you got to do, man. man. <laughs> yeah, I know. God. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, man. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to Scapegoats. And until next time, don't be a sheep. Be a goat.